Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello, good morning. Welcome to Christmas. It's Christmas week is ahead of us. It's a Monday. Welcome to the RGM Experience Podcast. My name's Carl Maloney. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, this Friday, Christmas Eve, Saturday, Christmas Day, Sunday box. I'll not continue with this, but uh, it's party time. Hope you're all okay and not too down about all the news and that. Just turn the news off. I don't watch it. All eight. Enjoy your life. Do whatever you need to do. Grab a booster. (laughs) If you want. Yeah, welcome to a brand new episode of the RGM Podcast. Last week's and very enjoyable episode was with Jamie Webster. If you're a fan and rolling over to a new episode, uh, if you're a Jamie Webster fan and and you've just found this podcast, welcome. Come join the community. Everybody's welcome here. Yeah, uh, great episode, great insight to a man on the road, a man on the rise. Great guest. And today is no different. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Paul Gallagher. And it's not all about Oasis. You know, the guy does a lot himself, you know, completely. He's got his own life, obviously. But he has, he, he does share some insight into what it was like around Camp Oasis back in the day. Great insight. He's coming up very shortly. So if you are looking for some entertainment... Tell a friend about the podcast, will you? It's, it's growing. It's doing okay. But we want to build it as much as we can in the new year, obviously. And the big plans to keep on, you know, keep on going. Exciting guests every week here at the RGM podcast. The music stops and then it starts. <laughs> So, where can we? What we're going to be doing today? Yeah, the uh, poll's coming up shortly. I wanted to wish you all Merry Christmas. There will be a podcast next Monday, whatever day that falls on. I mean, like Christmas Day is it? New Year's? I don't know. There's going to be one anyway. It's going to be a compilation episode. So, all the highlights of this series of the RGM Experience podcast will be next week. Still got to edit it. Uh, but it'll be with you. We won't let you down. There might be a week or two where we don't have an episode in the new year while we build up a bank of guests and get our ass in gear again. Uh, but the planning never stops. We're going to have great guests. Thanks for joining us. It's been a big week on RGM this week as well. 
Um, we've still got loads of new releases coming out on the magazine. RGM.press. Come and join us over there. But for now, let's have a guest. And the banter was real. Proper down-to-earth guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Gallagher. Start recording and uh, all good if you are, mate. Do 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 you? Well, well, welcome to my world. That's what I've got to do. That's what I've got to do. Welcome to the world. So, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of the RGM Experience podcast. Um, I'm the host today, Carl Maloney, and I'm joined today by Paul Gallagher. Hi, mate. All right, and the surname is Gallagher. Let's have this right. Oh, okay. Go on then. So Gallagher. It's got a genie. Exactly. It's got a genie though. All Yorkshire people like to pronounce the guz. Well, it's, it's an English thing, isn't it? Gallagher. <laughs> Gallagher. We're Irish. Gallagher. Irish name. Yeah. I know my two, two brothers go, Gallagher. I'm like, <laughs> you can do what you want, mate. I'm Gallagher. <laughs> so we, we, we have a ding-dong already about names. <laughs> well, okay. It's all good, isn't it? It's a Maloney, Maloney. Um, exactly. You know. Moran, Moran, fucking hell. It's like, <laughs> a name. Dickhead. So what is it with Irish surnames then? Because everybody, people pronounce mine. I'm not Irish myself, but my surname definitely is. And that, they like to pronounce it wrong. A lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's an English thing. They just can't. They can't. Oh, Unless you're Smith Jones or uh, Steve Steve, they they, they haven't got. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Paul. Anyway, I'll just stick to Paul if that's all right. Then, then I won't get it wrong. <laughs> Um, so you know your DJ Radio Islington radio show we'll come to that photographer I've been having a little nosy of your Instagram page and some impressive pictures on there as well that that I enjoyed uh, discovering about you as you know this person uh, Paul Gallagher Uh, so just talk us through where where, where are you today and just talk us through where you are your settings and Uh, uh, how you've started your day I'm at home in North London I was Mm. awake about um, two coffees to start the day gotta get up I'm a me special water and uh, yeah, nothing much doing. Just trying to. It's Friday in London. I'm sure. I don't know if it's raining outside. I've not even looked yet. I'm not, I'm not it's, even... it's raining in Manchester, mate. Oh well, of course it is. But <laughs> no, it, it, it won't be raining here. It'll be dry and cold and usual, usual stuff. Special water. Yeah. I, I, well, I have this all the time. Oh. Well, you can't drink tap water in London. The right. end. You, you look if if you can get it in a kettle, it's got to be filtered four times. Right. You know what I mean. So I have uh, not sp- water that I've ordered by the case because you know, okay. If your body is a temple, you know, you just have expensive piss coming out the other end. But that's what it's I'm, like down there, is it? And that's how the other half live, is it, mate? Special water. Well, listen, they they can, they can live all they want. <laughs> that's the way I live. I only drink the best. And for me, Icelandic yeah. glacier, no plug, <laughs> yes. is the best water. Can't have any less. Can't have any less. <laughs> Brilliant. What, what, what I'm interested in knowing, Paul, is like, what, what is like a normal day for, for Paul Gallagher? Is there one? Uh, yeah. I, I, live, I live a regular life. I live mm. among, amongst the lower middle classes or whatever they are. And uh, yeah, normal day. I mean, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm doing, if I'm pre in a radio show, then obviously that takes a bit of time. So yeah. you've got to. You gotta to commit to that. If not, I'll go for a walk or you know, I'll do something. I always keep busy. I'm always looking at doing something or taking pictures or 
I get asked to do a video here and there. And I don't know. I mean, th- my normal day is just to stay away from humanity. Yes. Basically. <laughs> okay. So interacting with humans is not really, well, not on the street anyway. <laughs> well, it's, I, cold. I... it's cold. It's cold. Cold. Cold well, time. Well, j- during uh, the research that I've been doing, mate, um, yeah. you, you, were, uh, you, you were talking about, you know, how much distaste you have for people <laughs> in around you, and particularly in airports and that. And I know you travel a lot with Liam and that kind of stuff. Um, well, I did. Well, I did travel, but did uh, nobody can travel these days, can they? Unless you've been, unless right, you, okay. unless you put your arms in the air like you just don't care and get jabbed like a, I don't know, like a boxer. What's the point? Yeah. Well, I kind of, I, I, uh, the, I have, yeah. I have traveled, obviously, but not for the last couple of years, really, because no, no, nobody mm. can do it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so what yeah. is, yeah, go, Airport, sorry, go on, man. Airports are just a big vacuous space. Mm. Yeah. Manned by bellends <laughs> who should really flipping burgers in McDonald's, but for some reason they, they get given a security suit and it's go here, go there. It's like, it, Did, I mean, the I must have got bullied at school. Air, air, not air, people. I'm on about the security at airports. Right. Six AM body searches. It's like, is there any fucking need for this? Did they? Did you ever get like benefit from like you know posh parts of airports? Because yeah, of course, of course, you know, I've been, I've been BA gold. I've been it, but I'm not, not anymore. I think they bounced me to silver. And they, <laughs> okay. They, they had the audacity to put me down a blue once, but I soon bounced up again. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been gold. And if you've got, if you're BA gold and you're yeah. flying, there, then yeah, it's a breeze. You go through all the first class things and you're here. You, you can get free food at the airport. You know what I mean? You can have what you want. It's like a restaurant at Heathrow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some of the stopovers, they'd be good. Like, uh, which, which airport's really good? Singapore, the dim sum, it's all laid out. It's like, wow. wow. You got, you got an hour in there or two, you're all right. Yeah, so not like, you know, walking around Toblerone's all or loads of kids walking around getting in your way. And No, and I, have, I have headphones on. <laughs> I mean, no, I have to, I don't leave my house without headphones. Yes. That's any noise. Kids on the buses, kids in supermarkets going, talk like, talk like, talk like, all that shit. I don't hear them. I see them. But no, headphones completely on. And I, I take great disdain if someone asks me something. Because I, I have to take my headphone out. I'm like, what? And they're going, and I'm like. <laughs> have you always been that way? Or is that like no. a, re- a reaction to, you know, the being around too- the band and all the mayhem that goes around Oasis? No, 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 that's that's fine. No, well, no, no, that, no, you don't have headphones on with them because you actually like the people you're with. Though. <laughs> okay. It's just human... There's a lot of people in the world these days. I mean, when I was growing up, there was nothing. Maybe that was after, maybe that was a long time ago after the World War. They all got booted off. But yeah. you have, I have noticed, I noticed the increase in population. You just know, I know, but little things. Say, for instance, you're in a shop, like a regular 9 11 corner shop thing, mm. and you used to be able to have at least five minutes on your own in a shop yeah. before someone else joins you. Now it's 30 seconds, and you're like going, so there's someone welded to you. He said, "Can be space back," but you, you just, yeah. It, it, I mean, I don't know if that happens everywhere, but in London, definitely notice the the increase in population. Yeah, yeah I get you. And uh, 
I, I kind of meant meant by the question not being around the band and the crew and everything. I, I just meant like as a reaction to all the noise that goes on in around around the boys and the you know Liam and Noel, all the hoo ha. Um, when you're out on your own in the public, do, is it a reaction to you know just wanting your own space after being exposed to so much um, um, stuff? If you if you get what I'm saying, yeah. Well, p- people in London tend tend to leave you alone because everybody lives mm. this. The, the odd time you'll get a dickhead. It's like a, a van full of builders, and they're driving past, and they'll spot you, and they go, they'll start singing Wonderwall badly. And I'm going, I, I hope, you, I hope the next turn you take is fucking into a wall. You can't. That kind of thing. Or some, ki- or some kid who's seen me on Supersonic will come up and go, "All right, mate." And I go, "Yeah." What do you? Or reminding me on business having a coffee next minute. Yeah. My phone's ran out. And I'm like, "Cool," because you won't be minding me for a picture. Fantastic! Be on your way, child. Yeah. That kind of. Is it, well, is, yeah, it, no, is, it is it really like that, or do you like it a little bit? No, 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 no. I mean, if I'm with Liam, yeah, you get pestered to fuck. But yeah. no, um, if I'm on my own, which is predominantly most of the time, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, cool, cool. I've just I'm halfway through that Beatles documentary that's going on, and we had a little chat before we started this podcast. And mm. I've kind of presumed that you'd be into it, and wrongly it seems. So I was gonna. Um, make a, a comment on the, the new Beatles documentary, but you you know it's it's not your cup of tea. Uh, I've never been into the Beatles. I mean, mm. everyone people assume a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, my band. If I was, I mean, I've not been an asshole about this either. My band yeah. was the Gees, not because they're from Manchester or anything. It's just uh, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I was in Liverpool recently mm. uh, to see a mate of mine who plays in like a Beatles thing in in the cavern, and he said. Uh, Julia Lennon wants to meet you. I'm like, I mean, Julia Baird, John Lennon's half sister. I mm. said, "What do you want me to mean?" I, I, I felt the stitch up coming on. I'm like, going, <laughs> "What do you mean for? How is this coinciding?" And you know what scousers are like? Yeah, mate. If you just do the, I'm like, anyway. It turns out Strawberry Fields in Walton, which is predominantly Lancashire, but they call it Liverpool. Yeah. When it when it was created, it was Lancashire. Anyway, met this one. <laughs> She was sounding off, you know, uh, typical bruisey scouser. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a chat for a couple of hours, and then she she relented. We, we got to an agreement in the end that Liverpool was a village, okay. and it, it, it was all fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a bit, you know, strawberry feels. So no well, no chemistry there between, uh, you know, a, a Lennon and a Gala. Uh, she's Julie Baird. She says, well, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She's, no, I mean, no, there, there was in the end. I mean, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, they've got they have preconceptions, and I, and I, I had a hangover, so I wasn't really in the mood. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the the only thing original from Strawberry Fields are the pillars mm. to the gates. The gates are not original, by the way; they're copies because yeah. people keep nicking them. And uh, the, only, the only original thing from that place is the pillars with the, all the graffiti on. Right. That's it. The, the house that was there has been demolished and they built some <clears throat> new American-style Swedish sauna gaff. I mean, listen, it is what it is. It's not to do with me. Oh, I've, been but, cav- I've played the cavern myself uh, personally, my old band, over 10 years ago. Well, that's not, that's not even the cavern. That's no, the no. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it's, what, do you know, the back room is quite square and it had like, uh, lights that lit up and said the cavern on it. It wasn't like the oval because um, they've made a dummy of that, haven't they? As well, there's another little stage that's like the oval one where you saw historic pictures of the Beatles playing, and and there's like there's a few rooms down there, isn't there? 
I mean, I, I've never been to Calvin. I mean, I'm not, it's not, it's not, I, the Beatles, all right, let's not diss them. They were brilliant, brilliant band. I've only met one. I met Ringo briefly in um, LA the other year when we were doing, when I was with Liam and they were supporting The Who. And this fella tapped me on the shoulder and I was like, yeah. And he went, can you get him? And I went, can I get who? He goes, you know. I went, <laughs> I went, no, I can't. He's in his room. He'll come out when he's ready. He's like, all right, Richard. Um, <laughs> but he was, um, yeah, he was sound enough. I mean, again, it's a Scouse Mank thing, isn't it? We didn't introduce each other. We just went, right. he knew who I was. And I went, all right, mate. <clears throat> well, his son famously drummed for the for Oasis, didn't he, for a bit? So did he not like, was he not like part of like, no, I know. Meetings I, or anything. No, 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 no. I, I know Zach. Zach's, Zach's a good mm. friend of mine. I mean, Zach doesn't bother with all that. I mean, yeah. I mean he's not going to go here. Yeah, do you want to see me, Dad? <laughs> he's not interested in that. He's done his. He's, he's spent his whole life doing other stuff, yeah. like all of us. No, Zach. Zach's Zach's really cool. I, mean, I, I get on with Zach, and I still speak to him now. I mean, we're mates, aren't we? When, when, yeah. Once you. Mate, so yeah, sure. well, one thing that struck me from the Beatles documentary is it, it, it's almost like it's not a real thing. It's almost like because the Beatles have been so protected over the years, you you, you don't see these mundane relationships between between them all, and, and and just how dominant Paul McCartney was compared to how Lennon uh, is is put across in the documentary is fascinating for me. I thought Lennon might be more of a vocal point of it all. Um, George has got a good voice and it was just fascinating to see how mundane it is while they're jamming it and making new music and creating these tunes that are going to live forever so for, for me watching this documentary must be a little bit like it was for you looking in on the Oasis camp and having that, having that you know that not many people will have got a window into into that apart from you their older brother yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but most of what you hear is a myth, anyway. Well, yeah, that, well, it's probably the same with the Beatles, isn't it? So, so that's why yeah. I'm fascinated by like looking in, just it's seeing how myth. mundane and how normal situations well, are when, in uh, with I mean, big legends. Well, yeah, I mean, you still listen. You still go to the toilet and do a number two. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. You, you can't get away from that. Everyone's mm. predominantly the same. But when you come to make music, obviously it's time consuming. You're in an environment for a long time, and think if things don't go right, then that's when you get friction. But if things go right, that's when you get joy. So, what you hear is what a journalist might want want you to hear, or a yeah. built on pretty much now. What's that you about? don't hear yeah. too many myths coming out because mm. everything it's all um, I don't know social media. Everyone's been very you know what i mean to be heard whereas back then the whole idea was not to be seen yeah but you put little snippets out oh this is what the beatles are doing oh you know once you start putting something out and it grows like it mushrooms into a big cloud and then oh blah, 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 blah. so now mm. probably look 56 i don't know how many years ago 60 years ago 60 years on mm. you're going what was like that it's like a it's like a kid looking into i don't know into the future going wow Oh, but he's really into the past. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Oasis thing was a bubble. It was like so fast. It was it was like a cannonball. Mm. I mean, within three years, I think. I mean, people were asking about Nebworth. I didn't even go to Nebworth. I went to Tunisia to finish my book. <laughs> well, basically, picked a country that I wouldn't hear Oasis come out of a jukebox in. <laughs> okay. 
wrong move. First bar I went into in Tunisia, it was me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> North African Muslim country. How the fuck did this happen? And then there was Germans everywhere. I was like, my God. Can't escape it. But it, 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 it must, you, you mentioned it, it was a bubble for the band, but it, it was kind of a, it was a lovely bubble for the fans too. And I, I started watching Oasis. I went to the first arena gig in Sheffield in 94, I think it were. And and then the last time I saw them play were Eden Project, just quite near the end. I can't hear you. You're, oh. you bring... oh, Sorry, mate. Is it the same? Hello, mate. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me now, mate? I, I can hear you now. Excellent. You think I'm going to be a part of me. Ooh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, it all good. Yeah, I, I would just say, like, it, it, for the fans, it were, it were a bubble as well, because the first gig I went to see Oasis was the first arena gig they ever played in Sheffield in 94, oh, I think. N- Nassim Ahmed and his, and his family. Yes. And yeah, the that, last that, one that was... was funny. And the, uh, go on, <laughs> go on. No, no, it's just funny. It was the Oasis first arena tour. And, yeah. uh, I remember Nassim Ahmed, he's only small. He'd come bouncing mm. into the dressing room with like three of his family. <laughs> Very fucking did that. It, it was like a family of midgets. <laughs> well, there's, 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 there's a picture somewhere of me and him, actually. I'm yeah. sat in the middle. He's got his arm around me and his mate. There's a picture yeah. somewhere floating on the internet. So, yeah, he was actually all right in the scene. And then, yeah, then they come on stage and bang. Yeah, that was the first arena. I remember it slightly. I mean, it get, everything gets blurred over the years. Yeah. But, yeah. If, yeah. You know, Sheffield, I mean, we played, um, I think there was a gig before that. Well, obviously, smaller one. Not, uh, there was a lead mill, and, and then there was something else. There was a lead mill one before that. Like, I wasn't um, I wasn't handed the supersonic tape before that, so I that wasn't was, involved at that time. But. I think it was 93, mm. that would have been. I remember, I remember driving over the Pennines and Bonehead, because we were in a little van. I remember Bonehead was driving the van. And this is like a transit van. There's no seats in the <laughs> yeah. back. It's like Paddy's going to work. I just remember <laughs> fucking guitars flying at your head. and Yeah, it was one of them. But because Bonehead was driving, he was the only driver, I think, apart from Wigsy. Yeah, we, we, we definitely embraced the band. And I, I remember reading uh, one of the books about Noel when he said, uh, when, he, when he came to watch Man City, when he came to Bramall Lane to watch the Mighty Blades, I said, oh, I, I, I know why they're called the Blades, because all fucking, they've all got weapons on them and that back in the day when it were proper grim. Oh, no, no, I was, I was there that game. I was only mm. in the City Specials. Yeah, I, I think I ended up in hospital. Oh. I was, yeah, I think, no, it was, it was definitely Sheffield. You used to have a, a department store called Rackham's, didn't yes. you? Yep. Well, anyway, I remember going, walking past there, and it was, I think it was, this is in the middle of the 80s, the hooligan shit. And I remember Sheffield Wednesday had joined up with Sheffield United to take on the mighty Mancunians. And wow. I remember I remember being bounced into... Uh, this is about 1986. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember this. So I remember <laughs> okay. waking, up, waking up in hospital and this nurse went, you can't go anywhere. You've got a suspected fractured skull. I went, fuck off. I'm going to see Man City. So I got <laughs> up, got up, discharged, went to the game. It was Paul Simpson made his debut at 16 for City. And it was a nil-nil draw. And then after that, trying to get from Bramall Lane to this station, because I think outside Bramall Lane at that time, there was stones and rocks and bricks yeah. and fuck. It was, it was murder, actually, trying to get out of Sheffield. <laughs> but yeah, it was an eventful day. Yeah, Noel was at that game. He, he didn't get put in hospital. No. But I remember waking up in Rackham's, like I'd been knocked out, woke up in Rackham's. <laughs> you know that Sheffield accent? They go, someone said, all right, pal. I went, how do you know my name? Because I thought he said Paul. Uh, I ain't Paul. Uh, yeah, all right, Paul. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Who are you? What am I doing here? <laughs> Get me out of where here. I, 
where am I? Did I need win? to go see the Mighty Blues. It was nil-nil. It was, I uh, need to go see the Mighty Blues. Yeah, Paul Simpson debut. And that would have been uh, about 86. He was uh, 16. Paul Simpson. Yeah, he used to live in Burnies near us. Uh, 50 quid a week digs or whatever it was. Probably not. 50, probably 50 quid a month back then. I, I, I moved to Manchester about three years ago from Sheffield. And I, I, I did do the little trip to Sifters. But I went on a Wednesday and it was short. Yeah, well, Mr. <laughs> Sif, Mr. Sifter sold me songs. He's a United, he's a United fan, Peter. Oh. Mm, it's like, mm, found out that later on. I was like, oh, I, oh, I like that. Is it PT Pie? Oh, he's a, he's a, I've been in once or twice over the years. He's sound. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, Mr. Sifter, that was a little gold mine for us, right? Mm. And I, he, he had, that was his second shop because his first shop was further down Burnage in the early 80s. Mm. And, um, yeah, second-hand records. Where in, in London and and in city centre now they charge you like fifty, sixty, hundred quid. Where he just like he just buy them cheap, sell them cheap. So you you get records for a quid, yeah. an album for two pound, and that he's yeah. Peter Peter's just as much responsible for anything because you you'd get your music from him. So yeah, well, the, the first gig as I mentioned were Sheffield Arena '94. The last one was the Eden Project just before the big split in Paris or wherever it was. Um, I yeah, think was the last UK gig one there. Uh, and in, no, in between that, uh, I, I saw him in Hollywood Bowl in LA and that kind of stuff and um, travel the world supporting in the Oasis fans bubble, really, just just enjoying the ride. What a ride it was as a fan. Yeah, I mean, we're, listen, we're, we're all fans. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't travel with them predominantly right until the end. Mm. I mean, there, there must have been something going on because we were at the, the last part of the tour I was on the bus with Liam, so and I was in Paris as well. Mm. So leading up to that, there must have been some something going. On. I mean, I can I'm not saying I can sense danger, but I'm like going. Well, I was there at the start, and I was there right at the end. So there's obviously mm. something going on here. Mm. Look, looking back, you go, mm, yeah, something not right. But yeah, I mean, it, great journey, great band. What can I say? Big old, never be, yeah. you'll never, never be beaten. Not in this country, anyway. Not I, did, I, I did have uh, Alan McGee on a previous episode of the podcast, and I, I I asked him, "Can you see Oasis ever getting back together?" He says, "No." Last question on the lads, mate. What, what do you think? Do you think it? Do you think it could happen? Mm, no, I think I think mm. it's gone gone too long now. I think um, mm. there was there was a small opportunity a few years ago, but no. Nah. And anyway, just leave it where it is. Move on. Yeah, yeah I I just like to see him a better relationship as brothers. Well, listen, wouldn't we all, yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 wouldn't we all like to be one happy family? <laughs> well, yeah, the world's not. Chomp, yeah. Chomping on a turkey leg and talking <laughs> about the good old days, boys. But sadly, that doesn't happen no. in the real world. So, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Sure. So, uh, so tell us a bit, of, so what, tell us something about you, Paul, that you think people might be surprised about. Um, I don't want to say anything about me that they would be surprised about. Anyone who knows me knows me, and anyone who doesn't know me just assumes yeah. they know me. So okay. they won't be surprised about. Fuck knows. I just like to. I just like anything I do. I just like to do it to the best of my ability, basically. So, yeah. so don't be thinking just because I'm doing something that I'm just doing it for for fun. I'm not. I'm doing it. Anything I'm doing, I'm doing serious. Mm. So, yeah, pe- people assume a lot of things about me, and. They're all wrong, but yeah, it's well, good. That, that question came from, I, I asked this question to Johnny Brown from Twisted Wheel. Mm. And, and the reason why I'm asking you today, because when I were on Instagram the other day, I saw a shot that you'd done of Twisted Wheel 
because uh, they yeah, yeah. they supported Liam on the European tour. Um, yeah, in, in there. So so that kind of question, he, he told me that he is he's right into ice skating. So as a question, I thought I think I'll just pose that one to Paul just to throw him off a bit and see if he's got he's, anything he's to right share in, with us. He's right into ice skating. Yeah, he likes ice skating. Yeah, he's right into it. Well, he he is he is a, he is a United fan, and he is from <laughs> he is from Oldham kind of way. So yeah, he is a yeah. bit suspect. Now I know I know Johnny fairly well. He's had a well documented problems, but yeah, no, I did, yeah, done. Um, we, we did a did a photo shoot in a what was it Munich, mm. a Munich um, underground station. There's a Munich underground station where all the tiles are orange. It's a beautiful place to do photographs, but it's not so beautiful. At 10 o'clock at night when you're waiting, because you know when people are walking around yeah. uh, metro stations in Europe, they don't kind of, they don't give a fuck what you're doing. Yeah. So I've got them laid across kind of this wall and I can see the shot perfect. And then an old woman walks along with a fucking shopping trolley. <laughs> I'm going, do you fucking, and I have to scrap it and wait. And we had to wait and wait and wait, but we, we got it, we got it in the end. Yeah, I know, I know, I know John pretty well. Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually with he, with Harry out of Twisted Wheel, Harry Lavin on Saturday. Harry, Harry, down Harry, at uh, Eagle Harry. Inn in Salford. Uh, he's long, my, he's, long, my, he's long manager. Harry. Yeah, that's he him. supports fucking Liverpool. What's <laughs> what's all that about? What's all that about? You're from Oldham, you dickhead. There's two big clubs in Manchester. Why are you supporting them fucking scouts idiots? He's like, oh, it's it's me, it's me dad. I went here. Sit down. <laughs> Yeah, we we have we have a ding dong about football. Yeah, it's a, it's a really it's the first time I met him in real life. I've spoke on online with him before, but he's a he manages a band called Mercy Kelly in Manchester, and they were playing Eagle Inn in Salford overnight on Saturday. Salford, eh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I manage a band called Sinclair who was supporting them, so we had a we had a good chat and a catch up, and um, they, they, he, he's full of stories as well, same as Johnny, and you know, and I, I just thought you know I'd ask you the question and yeah, see if no, there's anything well, that comes up. Yeah, well, you can ask me anything you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm full of stories too. I kind of save them and they kind of just bounce out of my head at the most inappropriate mm. times. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to come to the uh, Italy leg of the tour, but that was just before it all went to shit, weren't it? Yeah, that was... Like, uh, just before, because I, think... I, I was in Florence just on a, a week, a long weekend trip thing and uh, Johnny messaged me seeing if he needed any tickets for the Liam gig in... I think Milan. it was Milan, Milan, yeah. Because I was, see, I was in Paris because I, I was a French girlfriend at the time, so I was mm. DJing the after show in the venue in the um, whatever it was, yeah. and then I was leaving to go to Normandy. You see, that was the plan. So mm. when all that all went to it, sort of madness, we were the replacement. Liam said to me, he "Goes, you come with us to Milan?" I went, "I can't go to Milan. I'm fucking here with a got a French girl here. I've got mm. to go to." <laughs> So I stayed on the site and DJ the after show as normal, but the abuse I was getting off the French press. You are a scumbag. You are. Da, da, da. I was yeah. like, listen, you fucking get out of my site. <laughs> so yeah, I was having a ding dong with the French press while I'm trying to, you know, but he deliberately withheld my money until like two in the morning. It fucking comes uh, the French, but it, there's always something that goes on in Paris. I don't know why <laughs> Paris seems to have a, not a good vibe for us. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. everything goes tits up in Paris. Like I can remember just, just getting home for the weekend. I went to work on Monday, just driving into Salford where I worked at the time. And my boss phoned me and he says, have you seen news this morning? I'm like, no. <clears throat> like saying, people in Italy have got this virus and they all need to isolate and stuff. And I'm like, well, I ain't seen it. I don't know. So I got the week off work where they asked me to isolate, which was nice. 
Uh, so I carried on doing uh, the the thing that I love and, you know, supporting bands on RGM magazine and uh, I got a free week out of it anyway, but it just it just went mental from that exact point. Um, how, how was it for you when everything just stopped? I locked that, yeah. Well, we were in, um, where were we going? We were flying somewhere. This is like end, mm. the tail end of 2019. We've just come back from Australia. We'd done the UK. We were flying somewhere. I think we were in Madrid. And one of our, <clears throat> one of our crew, because it's coronavirus, one of our crew was on the plane mm. and he had some fucking, I don't know, medicine bottle or something, or, or a, something under his sink for cleaning. He went, look at that. Coronavirus, <laughs> and I was like, "Going, where do you get that from?" He goes, "It's a cleaning product." <laughs> and I'm like, "So he was, I mean, he's in hospital now. <laughs> the poor, poor lad. We yeah. send out. He's, uh, he's hopefully he's going to be out soon. Yeah. But yeah, that was the first time we've seen coronavirus in writing, <clears throat> and it was on some cleaning products that he took a picture of in his Glasgow tenement and went, "Look, check that out." So we got back from wherever we were going, and then. um Everybody yeah. stopped. Everybody stopped buying fucking Corona beer and bought all the other beers. I can remember that. That one funny. I mean, well, no. <laughs> then, well, see, but more, I think I was. This was February time. We just come back from sort of. We know. I think we did a European tour. In March, the last gig I went to was Morrissey at Wembley Arena, and it was half empty because everyone's like, "Are oh, you going to stay home? Project Fear, coronavirus is coming. They're going to eat you." And I was like, "Fuck off!" Morrissey's <laughs> playing five miles away. Yeah, I'm going. So. We did, and uh, I was ended up in his dressing room, but I didn't speak to him. He's one of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he's in his dressing room, Boz, Boz Moore is there. You know Boz, but you don't want to say hello, because then you, you know what I mean? His nephew brought me in the dressing room with uh, Katie, who does his press. He's going, do you want a beard? Do you want a this? Do you want a that? So I was there. Then Morris is two foot away, but I was not I was too scared to say hello to him, but yeah. it's his dressing room, isn't it? And I don't want to be going, all right. All right, Steve, impact. And I was like, all right. So I said hello to Boz on the way out. I said, all right, Boz, see you later. And then he looked at me. And I went, fuck you. I'm not saying hello to you. Boosh. <laughs> out the door. So that was my last gig. Perfect with Mor- In Morrissey, yeah, at the uh, Wembley Arena. And then from then it's been, uh, it's a lot of hocus pocus, isn't it? It's like, who blinks first? Yeah. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't go anywhere. So I thought I'd test it. We went to the Champions League final and I, everyone else is jabbed and I flew in on a test. That was fine. And then, uh, apart from the result, and then I went to the most private island in the world called Mystique with our kid. Yeah. And everyone else is vaxxed apart from me. So I thought, you know what? In for a penny, in for a pound. Tested on the, tested the day before, flew out, tested on arrival. And then before I come back, tested again. Then you get to like the British airports. They're all, I mean, I, I think there's just scammers. They're like going, you know, you have to quarantine for 10 days. You'll, yeah. be sent a te- you'll be sent a test on this day, the second day, the third day, the fifth day, the eighth day. And you know what arrived? Nothing. <laughs> Nobody sent yeah. fuck all. They take your cash off you. Nobody sends you nothing. Yeah. They give you this, you know, like, it reminds me, remember the smash adverts? I mean, you, you yeah, would be a... I do, I had a metal, oh, metal oh, uh, robot. Yeah, <laughs> Daleks. For yeah. mash, make smash. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that. Because they used to, that, that was like the TV license van in the 70s. <laughs> if you haven't, you don't have a TV license, we're going to come around in our smash van. It's like, <laughs> listen, cunty nuts, this is not yeah. the 50s or 60s or 70s where everyone's scared of, you know, like fucking King Kong. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's project bullshit. And I'm like going, fuck you. Go on, Alexander Boris de Peffel Johnson. You're not even fucking called Boris. You're called Alexander, you big dickhead. So go on then, send me your stuff. And nobody sent me anything. I was like, yeah. fuck you. 
So yeah, COVID, whatever. I mean, we're we can't tour, or we I don't know what's going on. You know, what I mean, it's pointless asking me. I've got no idea. Yeah, well, no. onto your photography then. We just touched on it with your with your uh-huh. picture of twisted wheel that caught my eye. So uh, Instagram p underscore a Gallagher. Yeah, that's it. Um, some nice pictures on there, mate. I like you. I really like the crowd pictures uh, and the ones of yeah. your nephews and things on there. They're, oh, they're, them. they're yeah. uh, and the family ones and things. They're great. Yeah, uh, well, they kind of get in the way. I like. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't say stand over there. They just kind of jump in front of me. I like. Going, <laughs> do, do we have to do this? Can you get? Can you? Can you? Can you fucking move? <laughs> so uh, yeah, the yeah the fan picture thing that came around with. No, because when Liam was back on tour in two seventeen eight or whatever it was eighteen, uh, I was with them because I predominantly don't tour. I'm talking about I tour as a mm. DJ, so mm. um, the the noise you hear coming out of the speakers before his show is me, mm. but you can't see me deliberately because I man man likes to be international man of mystery. Yes. I make sure I make sure all the speaker stacks are surrounding me so nobody yes. can see nobody anything. Can, nobody can see me, and I only travel to places with mystery in its name. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> so. I don't want to be seen. I mean, there's nothing worse than a gaggle of fans at the front barrier going, have a picture. Yeah. You're not busy. That <laughs> kind of shit. <laughs> it's like, do you mind? I've got my stopwatch on. Everything's done to the yeah. second. I am fucking busy. So I've got a kind of got deliberately hidden. So yeah, yeah, you hear the music, but you don't hear me. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, come around that we were going on tour and I was like, who's taking, is anyone doing this? And nobody was taking pictures or anything. And I was like, Maybe I should buy a camera then. So I bought a little Sony mirrorless A6000. Yeah. And it only comes with one lens. So I was messing around with that for a bit. And I thought, yeah. And then as it went on, I got the upgraded to the A6300 in Boston. Yeah. And uh, the guitarist, Mike's going, why have you got another camera? I said, because it's got a silent shutter on, Michael. And he went, well, what does that mean? You can't fucking hear me or see me. You won't hear the click. Another the shutter click. So if you're traveling on a tour bus with a band, the last thing you want to be done is seen yeah. or heard. So the And then from there, obviously, I went full frame when we went to Old Trafford, I think it was, when we got back in England. So yeah, the crowd pictures come from... But nobody includes the crowd. Everyone just focuses on the artist. Yeah. So if everyone's looking at the artist, I'm looking at them. Mm. I mean, I, I, know what they, I know what he looks like. He's my fucking brother. I don't, I don't, I don't need to look at him. <laughs> I know how they all play. The only so I look the other way. So I'm looking for people having fun or fighting or doing what they do or throwing fireworks. So that's how it came about. So and that's it. Yeah, yeah. good work, mate. I, I enjoyed flicking through and um, giving you a little follow and that kind of stuff. And and the other part of when, when we did the introduction earlier is that you're radio de- DJ as well now for Radio Islington. No, yeah, I was doing that with the, I was doing kind of off and on with the Boogaloo. Mm. Yeah, in the middle of touring, I'd come down and do a show like once a month. But yeah. then when COVID come, it, uh, they closed their studio down. They got mm. a little little studio out the back of the Boogaloo. And I know Jerry runs it. I've known him 15 years. So um, everyone else recorded at home. Now, I'm not, you know, Bernard Butler does it in his house. And I'm like, very good. But you are a record producer. Blah, blah, blah. You're used to having all the gear with you. And you're used to sitting on your own talking shit. I'm yeah. not. I need someone... I need a studio. I need something to bounce off. Yeah. I mean, you can't just, how can you be excited sitting on your own? Oh, well, welcome back to another show. It's like fucking boring. <laughs> so Islington Radio. I'm, was I'm starting, doing that right now. <laughs> well, Islington Radio was starting. Uh, Tom Bright, I got a message saying, do you want to come to this other radio station? Yeah. I says, have, you got, have you got a studio? 
which is the killer one. And they had a room called the Crypts, uh, um, the, the very famous church studio in Crouch End. So I said, cool, well, I, didn't, I never met Tom before. I met him, this kid from Derbyshire. He sounded like he smoked 40 fags a day. That's just his, he's like, oh, Derbyshire, man. I'm like, just one of them. Okay, farmer, great. This, let's see how this works. So he was engineering it. And then, yeah, we just got into it. In the last 30 months, we've been flying. So, but we're leaving Islington on December 30th. We're mm. going to go on. Going on our own, so I'll be back in my house, yeah. but he'll be coming to me. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So plans. So that the the plans are developing there with the with the radio. Show. Yeah. What what do yeah. you what do you enjoy about the the process of producing radio? Um, I enjoy. Well, I played new music, so a music that nobody else is playing. Hmm. So I mean, I'm around the world. I don't care where you're from. Yeah. And I played places, people from Mexico, Paraguay. Spain, a lot of good Spanish bands around, which mm. would surprise a few people. A lot of good Italian bands around, French bands. There's a lot of, I mean, they're all into mostly the psychedelia side of stuff, but I yeah. like that. Aussie bands, there's loads of brilliant Aussie bands. We're, we're getting a, right, a, 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 a really big uplift in international bands submitting to my magazine. A lot of Australian bands, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, Israeli bands, strangely. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Canadian bands and American bands sending me at the minute, and we've started yeah. RGM uh, Canada, RGM Australia to to put them on our site and uh, yeah. share them well, with the world as well. Because there there's so much going on, isn't there? Apart out of our little island. Yeah, well, I mean, I play a lot of American and Canadian acts anyway because obviously there's a bigger there's a bigger place. There's more people, yeah. but there's a lot of competition in America, which is what people don't realize. You've got to be brilliant to come out of that place because yeah. there's a lot of competition, even though there's a lot of people. That's why when when American bands tour, they're all brilliant. And this takes and this is kind of off piece, but it takes me it takes me back to a story. And I think it was I don't know when it was. Yeah. I mean, Dando, we were mates with Dando for a bit from the Lemonheads. Yeah. And I remember him. I was still in Manchester. It would have been the nineties, I mean, ninety six or something. And I think he played the Academy and he sold out the Academy. Then I met him afterwards. And I think I brought him to the Roadhouse mm. in uh, yeah back in the centre of Manchester. And there was an unsigned band thing on. Anyway, they'd finished playing, whoever it was. And I said, uh, can we borrow your, borrow your gear? Because Evan wants to do another show. Now, if you assign that to British bands, mm. British bands are doing lines of coke and getting off the tits and telling mm. everyone how great they are. American bands are getting off the stage and wanting to do another gig. Mm. And that's the difference. They just want to play. That's the difference for me. Mm. And I've seen it, where British bands... What to do high fives in the air, tell everyone how big they are, and they're going to be the saviors of rock and roll. But America, and they don't care. How, how do you how do you discover these bands then? Oh, I mean, most. I mean, I've been in music all my life, so yeah. most of it's intuition. You've, if you've mm. got, you know, you. Can, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. I don't. You can't define what genre I play. I play a lot of stuff yeah. so from bluegrass to alt American. Um, obviously, indie. I hate the fucking word indie. Alternative music, yeah. uh, soul, rock, gospel, blues. Uh, but it's got to be, it's got to float my boat. It's got to be authentic. So, for instance, someone sent me a song yesterday of a band from Essex doing kind of a bluesy stuff. I went, it's not authentic. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to a band from Essex when I can listen to one from Louisiana. Right. You see what I mean? You've got to believe it. Live it. If I if I don't believe in it, I can't talk about it. Yeah. 
And if I can't talk about it, then you're not going to get played. I don't give a fuck who you, who you are. And that's predominantly how I roll. And that may sound arrogant. I don't give a shit. If I don't, if I can't talk about you, I can't play you. And that's it. So you've got to think bigger. And I think massive. So, so do, do you, do you delve in the unsigned world then? In the what? Unsigned world, you know, bands just up and coming and stuff. Do, do they contact the radio uh, station or do they contact you direct? How, how does uh, it like? Yeah, some of them contact, contact me. I mean, listen, I, I don't... <clears throat> who's signed these days? Nobody's signed. Yeah. Apart from massive acts, nobody's really signed. Mm. So, I mean, I think I think it's a bit... That unsigned thing is a bit degrading. That's why I don't I, take, I, I, take I, much notice. A better notice phrase is probably grassroots music then, I think. Well, basically, I mean, there's a lot of, and this is not having to go with the people in Britain, there's a lot of shit music out there. Mm. The little kids in a band. I mean, it's great you're forming a band and all that stuff, but you can't write songs. And all this, I read on some bands and mentioned no names, we're the saviour of this, the saviour of that. It doesn't need fucking saving. It needs saving from you. Put the fucking guitar down and go and get a fucking, <laughs> go and get a job in fucking, I don't know, Safeways. This, you know what I mean? There's a lot of shit in the way. And there was a lot of people that just want to do things because they've seen others do it. Yes. But if you're talented, the cream always rises to the top. If you're talented, you'll be heard. Mm. And this is what I'm putting out to whoever it is. Just do it. It's, it's the so, same. It's the same in the uh, music blogging world, really, as well. There's a lot of people in it because they like the idea of maybe getting a free fucking festival pass at some oh, point. No, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. so, but you, you can quickly read it. Well, I can anyway. I can spot them from a mile. But um, it, it, even like the the new music press, the the blogs, the RGMs like us, that, are, that you know, I've been doing this for nearly 10 years, being in music mm. and bands for 20 years altogether. All um, you know, I, I'm in it for my reasons, and that's because my band stopped 10 years ago when everybody got boring and had kids and shit. I wanted, mm. I needed something else to do. I tried stand up comedy for a year. That would that that didn't happen. Um, well, of course. Come on, <laughs> you're from Sheffield. <laughs> did, did you not say sit down, dickhead? Well, what, what, what did happen though is I start <laughs> I started hosting music gigs and getting back into music again, and then I started putting on my own gigs at Frog and Parrot in Sheffield, and then I started needing a website to interview bands on, and then it organically turned into this magazine exactly. thing that I'm really proud of. So, so for me, well, you're, it, yeah. you're in it for the right reasons, aren't yeah. you? Because you because you love music. Mm. That, I mean, there's a lot of people in it for the wrong reasons. But uh, I remember I was told this years ago, whether I was doing A and R or something, I was doing something or other. And, um, yeah, I've managed bands also. It's a fucking pain in the ass. I mean, it, is. You know. it really is. <laughs> I mean, why would anyone, why would, why would any manager want to manage Bellens? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, cause they are. I mean, if it works, they're brilliant. If it doesn't, it's your fault. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, the, the mental health fucking numbers must be through the roof with band managers. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no, you, you, there's no round of applause from even from the band. They don't, they, they underappreciate you, and you're working for them for no. Uh, oh, I'm, I mean, listen, it's <laughs> fucking, it's an absolute ball end. I've and I've been asked to go back to management. I went, not a fucking chance. <laughs> who I can trust, which is that is who it is, and that's <laughs> I'm staying with. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. I'm not having to go at anyone. I mean, people want to have a do their thing, do their yeah. thing, but you will get found out. It's not, I mean, people call it a, the music industry. It's not an industry, really, is it? It's a load of cunts in suits. Yeah. Let's have it right. It's a load of cunts in suits. 
another load of cunts in suits working for another load of shareholders in suits. Yeah. And then they have the cattle, which is us normal human beings. Some of them are talented, some of them are not. And then they'll go, it's like, it's like anything. They'll pick you off the street and go, we're going to make you a star. Well, really, they're not. They're going to go, we're going to lend you loads of money, which is not really lending <laughs> it you. We're just going to mark it down the sheet of paper going, you owe us this yeah. much money. And this is what it is. There's no industry. There's yeah. no, it's not like, you know, like fucking Sheffield making knives 200 years ago. You know, that was an industry. Mm. This is just a load of people in suits telling a load of people not in suits how to fucking be. It's not an industry. It's what it is. How do we, how do we make it better, mate? How do, how, how, do, how, do we, how do, what do we do? Well, you don't make it better. It is, it's like anything. There's a system mm. and it's in place. I mean, you used to be able to pierce it. You know, you'd, you'd have working class kids coming. I mean, you've always had working class musicians, but you'd have mm. predominantly more of them coming through and you'd, you know, you'd, you'd put a punch in, punch the hole in the wall and then a few more would come through. But now it's gone. Mm. In the past 10 years, it's gone back to the fifties for me anyway. So the fifties being the end of the second world war, only the richer kids had money. So they could buy a guitar or they could buy, I don't know, a drum kit. You know what I mean? Like this, the, the, the bands that I'm talking about is the who and things like that. The Rolling Stones, yeah. the, the better off musician. And this is where we are. And this is where now rehearsal rooms, I don't know what it's like in Sheffield, but in London, non-existent. So how can new bands rehearse? You need money. So it's, oh, uh, and obviously your charts and all your bigger acts, they're all pretty much from wealthy parents. And I've seen it. You, I mean, in America, it's different because everyone is kind of middle class anyway, unless you're going in hip hop, mm. going down the street. Everyone's kind of that. And there's more space over there. So there's more rehearsal rooms, there's more opportunity. But there's, le- there's nothing here mm. unless you've got cash. It, even like in Sheffield, it's definitely like that. And, mm. and quite a few have closed down in lockdown and stuff. They've just gone under and. Even at Manchester, where my band, who I manage, used to be just on Newton Street, just down near, yeah. that, near that. What is it? Flats? It, it's no, no. It, well, it, it only went like in last month or so, so it will be flats. Yeah, I mean, flats for nobody. <laughs> flats for Chinese investors. I mean, yeah. it, it's basically yeah. a, a land grab. If you're in the arts or anywhere that's creating something mm. from the ground, they don't want to know. Because I mean, I've got my own theory on, even on the radio thing, People ask me, well, how, how can you play music that, that we, we don't hear anybody else, anywhere else? I said, because that's all, they're all told what to play. Yeah. I mean, if I, this, if I was a music, say for instance, I was a music publisher and I, back in the 80s, 90s, whatever, and I believe all the best music has already been created mm. and I paid for that music technically because they got 50 years to, to maximize the earnings of it. And I paid for that music back then why would I pay for new music? Mm. If all my friends own radio stations around the globe and it is a big monopoly, I just get them to play the old music forever and I'll, I'll get a return on it forever. Mm. <laughs> this is what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take a I mean, no one's, no one's discussed it, but that is, it is, it's a fucking hijack. But there is still little people out there trying to break through, and you, you, you know, it's you know what it is. It's a pyramid, and we're on the bottom, and they're at the top, and yeah, it's one of them. Well, I, I, mean, there I, is a I lot like of great music. A lot of great music being created in the last five years yeah. that's better than previous fifteen years. Yeah. And I say to everyone who sends me a, 
I just sent you a new track. I said, great, welcome, thank you. Keep creating, keep creating, keep creating, keep creating. Yeah. Don't give up. If you're talented, do not give up. There's a kid from Minneapolis. I don't know his name, Stanley or something. He sent me a new single yesterday. I says, my shows are done for the year. You'll go in the pot for two, two, oh, two, two. And he's like, oh, cheers, man. And he's just a little kid, but he's yeah. good. So you got to keep, you know, supporting the small ones. Well, I like um, it down here at Grassroots, Paul. It's Roots? It's, it's at Grassroots. Oh, yeah, on the, on the, in the, with the little people. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, when you start getting involved with bands, with agents, and you've got to have... 10 conversations to get one answer back from people. Yeah, it's just yeah. not, yeah, I just can't be bothered with that kind of stuff. So I'm here yeah. supporting yeah. grassroots music in Manchester and Sheffield, trying to get them out of town. So I, I basically, just in case you didn't know, I try and get bands, Manchester bands to play in Sheffield and Sheffield bands to play in Manchester. I'm not bothered about anywhere in the country because this is, is just, just where go, I specialise. You just go over the Snake Pass. Yeah. It's not hard. And, and <laughs> I mean have, gigs. They do, they do have trains. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know what you're saying. It's like... It's like it's like a away day football match. We're yeah. going to Yorkshire. Yeah. It's like, watch, watch out for them. They've got big beards and they talk like looking daft. <laughs> I was say, saying that Yorkshire's had a few good I've a few good things from there. Ed Coulson's this year, brilliant record. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he was actually in Reverend and the Makers. I'm like, fuck me. Where you know, you yeah, I, I, had him, I had him on the podcast recently. Yeah, I love Ed. Yeah, good lad. The, yeah, heart, he the heartbeat of Reverend and the Makers. Yeah, good lad. Mm. And Massey Massey, I don't know if they're from Bradford or Dirty Leeds, they're from one of the places. They're, they're the Absolutely. It's on my end of the year review, which will be out in a couple of uh, couple nice. of weeks. Massey, M-A-S-I, M-A-S-I, yeah. Massey, Massey, you must have heard of it. I'll check them out. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a few good things coming out of York. But the same, it's the biggest county in England, so you would think. You'd think we'd be up there, You it? would think. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no coming out of Leeds, Paul. Dirty Leeds. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's all... Somewhere. There's nothing coming out of it. I mean, you've even got you've even got a new venue in Halifax of all places. Mm. Fucking Halifax! <laughs> Their claim to fame is beating City in '79 in the cup <laughs> with that fucking big dirt, dirt track of a fucking speedway track round on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, mate, I really appreciate you spending this fifth, uh, hour with me today, mate. Uh, is it an hour? I think yeah, Jesus an hour's passed. Right? Yeah, I've, I've, feels, ta- I've taken enough like, of your time. Well, uh, well. It, we, put, we put the put the music business to life. Yeah, we've sorted them out, mate. So what I'll do is, uh, uh, is is there anything else you'd like to share with the world before we crack on with this? Uh, no, I don't beg people to listen to me. I listen to my radio. They'll, yeah. they'll find it if they if they know me. They'll find it. They'll find it. I, I go. I'm not plugging me. I can't be asked. Cool. I'm I'm not one of them people. So. Well, well I, I enjoyed the show, so I'll share it when I see it, mate. And good luck with the new endeavours. Uh, good luck with your ph- ph- photography and uh, really appreciate your time. Cheers, Paul, mate. Have a good Cheers, day. mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye. Yeah, thanks to Paul for joining us. Cheers, mate. We're going to be supporting his radio show as well. Kensington Radio. Yeah, just keep a look on our socials and we'll share his show. Some great tunes on there. I've, I was listening to a couple of shows. And you just find some great music on there from all over the world. Eclectic stuff. Great stuff. Bit of crap. But you can't have it all, can you? We're the same. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Cheers, mate. So, here we go. So, it's Christmas time then. Have a good week. Don't let it stress you out. Keep up to date with what's happening in the new year on the RGM Twitter page. 
RGM pod. Um, big things for RGM in 2022. That's just one of those things you say, isn't it? And hope for, I suppose. But what will definitely happen is we're going to work as hard as we can, bringing you new music every day in new, engaging ways. That's the plan. Is it going to be a massive one? Who knows? But we're going to work hard and, and go for it. We want to do more collaborations as well. So if you are a, a public publication out there, if you're a podcaster, if you're in a, a music magazine, you love doing what you do, you share the same values as what we do at RGM, then please get in touch at carl at rgm.press. We want to work with you. It's a team effort. We can't do it all on his own. So, ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We'll be here next week for a compilation album. I'll see you later. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear. The go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.